Welcome to Radical Simple Living, Series 2, Episode 12. My name is Ray Lovegrove and I'm talking to you from my kitchen of my homestead in Smallland, Sweden. It is only 3.30 in the afternoon, but it is dark. It is not pitch black yet, but it's very dark indeed. This is a combination of the very short day-length hours we have in this part of Sweden uh, in the winter and the fact that it's very cloudy. I'm not complaining. People that live further north, <laughs> it is really dark. Some people go through times when the sun doesn't rise during the winter. So I'm not complaining. I'm just pointing out. Now, um, I want to talk to you today about energy. And it's going to take two podcasts, I think, to cover all I want to say about energy. And I want to focus on two different things. I, I want to think today about the energy that we need to do what we've got to do. I need to talk about how you keep your energy levels up. I need to talk how you manage to do all the chores you have to do, even though you're very tired. Now, this is important. Anybody who, like me, is trying to live a self-sufficient life and run a homestead and do everything themselves without uh, employing other people too often, or if you're a parent with young children, or if you're looking after uh, a relative who has disabilities or is aged, you will know two things. One, that there are going to be times when you are going to get very, very tired indeed. Especially with young children, especially being a carer of somebody who's unwell or elderly, you, the carer, you, the parent, you, the homesteader, are going to get very, very tired indeed. And if you don't look after yourself, and if you don't cope with that tiredness, what's going to happen? Well, some people, if they're not feeling too good, can think, you know, I feel so ill and tired today that I'm going to have a day off. And they can phone in sick and they can take a day off. I'm not knocking it. It's something people have to do. I understand that. But if you're a parent or a carer, if you've got animals to look after, if you've got land and a big house to look after, you are going to need to push on through there. Nobody is going to do your work for you if you're not there. If you have to look after children, you're very fortunate indeed if you've got somebody who can drop everything and come and pick up the pieces for you while you take a day or two off. Most of the time... You've got to carry on. So today I'm going to be talking about energy levels in general. But I'm going to be talking about energy levels for people who need to have energy. People that need to do what they've got to do. A man has to do what a man has to do. A woman has to do what a woman has to do. Nobody is going to come along and do it for you. If you hear a croak in my voice saying that's because I've got a sore throat at the moment. I'm sorry. Now, I've now had a sip of tea, so it's better. At the moment, it's approaching midwinter here. We've got about another week to go before midwinter when it gets dark very, very early and when the days are very, very short and the nights are very, very long. 
We've also been carpeted in snow for the last couple of weeks, which has meant I can't get out as much as I'd like to. I go out and chop wood, I bring wood in. I look after what's got to be looked after outside. I shovel snow on a daily basis because it keeps coming back overnight. Um, but in terms of gardening, in terms of growing, in terms of doing anything up in the woodland that I like to manage, it's almost impossible to do anything. So I'm stuck indoors. Now you might think because I have less work to do outside, that makes me full of energy. And I'm sort of running around the room and, and, you know, doing all sorts of highly energetic things. Let me tell you, this time of year wears me out. It doesn't wear me out because I'm busy working from dawn to dusk, although there's not much time between dawn and dusk. It wears me out because I feel that my biological um, rhythms are at a low. It's the middle of winter. That's saying to me hibernate or something. I don't know what it's saying to me. I can't hibernate. I'm human. <coughs> Excuse me. I've got to do what I've got to do. So how do I get around this? How do you get around it? Right. Sorry, I had to stop then. Pause quickly for a cough. I hope that sentence got out properly. Um, here's something that I got from social media once upon a time. I can no longer remember where it came from. I've seen it in a couple of places. You may have seen it too. And it looks at the three ages of your life, i.e. when you're a child, when you're an adult, and when you're getting on a bit. And it has these three things. When you're young, you've got time. You've got energy, but you haven't got any money. When you're in the middle of your working life, You've got money and you've got energy, but you've got no time. And when you get elderly, you've got time, you've got money, but you haven't got any energy. So the three things you need to really do what you want to do, time, money and energy, you've not got all three of them at the same time. We should be lucky that we've got two at the same time. So again, it's not a case of complaining, it's a case of pointing out really. But it would be lovely to have time, to have energy and to have money. What would you do if you had time, money and energy? Don't answer that now, but write and tell me if you like. I don't think I have many listeners to this podcast that are preschool. I think most of the people that listen to this podcast are adults. Some of them are young adults, some of them are older adults. But I do think if you're adult, you sometimes hanker after time. You sometimes hanker after money. But a lot of the time, it's energy that will make the real difference to your life. The energy that you can remember having once upon a time when you could get up at dawn and work all day and fall into bed at the end of the day and feel okay the next day when you get up. That happens to me in the summer here. It doesn't happen in the middle of winter, but in the summer I definitely feel like that. So because there are no, <coughs> excuse me again, because there are no young children listening to this podcast, if you are a young child, I apologise to you and I hope you enjoy it. Tell all your friends. Because we need to do things, we've got to talk about how we do this. Now I'm, I'm mentioning all the time about it being winter time and it being dark 
and about being low in energy. I'm very well aware that a lot of people listen to this podcast do so from the Southern Hemisphere. And for them, it's nearly midsummer. All those, all those listeners in South America, Australia, New Zealand, Southern Africa, they are all thinking, what's he talking about? I'm busy, I'm tired, I haven't got energy, and it's the middle of summer. I get that too. It gets like that in the middle of summer here, where you're busy growing and gardening and watering and doing all the other things you've got to do, and sometimes there aren't enough hours in the day. So lack of energy can attack you at any time. What are you going to do about it? Well, first of all, I'm going to talk about why we do lack energy. And one of the reasons we might lack energy, these are very basic reasons and none of them might apply to you. But one of the reasons you are lacking energy is you might not be getting enough sleep. And it's impossible to say how much sleep people need. But it is possible to say we all have our needs and if those needs aren't met, it's a problem. Now, I and many other people would say you sleep okay until you have children. And then when you have children, your sleep pattern gets so disturbed that you feel like you're going through the rest of your your life without really sleeping properly. If there's anybody listening here who's just got young children and think, oh, when they grow up, I'll get bad sleep. I hope you do. But it didn't happen for me. I just had disturbed nights with children. Um, and of course, when the children grow up, they wake up less. But you don't actually get back to that sleeping pattern you used to have. People that have to work nights, people that have to do shift work, all of those things wreck your sleep for good. You can get over them, but many, many people don't and end up with sleep problems for the rest of their lives. So one of the reasons you're tired is you may not be getting enough sleep. And what can you do about that? Well, I suggest the first thing you do is see what works for you for sleep. And these are so many preferences here. If you if you share a bedroom with a partner, then you've got to work out something between you. If you, if you sleep alone, work out. What is the temperature you want your bedroom at? I can't stand a too hot bedroom, personally. I like a, a cold bedroom and a warm bed. Um, think about the light in your bedroom. Do you want it absolutely blackout dark? Many people do here in in the Nordic part of the world because in the summer, of course, there's very early morning and very late night sun. Do you want, um, do you want your window to be open? Or do you want a window to be closed? These are things that have bothered people as long as we've had windows. You know, you can imagine the first window being fitted in a house and then an argument ensuing about whether it should be left open or closed at night. You've got to think about these things. Think very carefully about what you actually like to sleep with. And if you haven't thought carefully about that, if your bedroom isn't particularly good and you're not sleeping well, you might want to pay some attention to that. I mentioned earlier podcast after years of, of using a duvet most of my adult life I reverted to blankets which is the way I slept as a child uh, earlier this year and that has made a big difference. I do sleep better with blankets because it's just temperature control is so much easier if you just put a blanket on take a blanket off. If you're under a duvet it's much it's much more difficult to do that. Little things like that And the advice everybody has is don't take your phone, don't take your tablet, don't take your laptop to bed with you. But how many of us do? 
If you do take your phone or laptop to bed with you, just look at it and then turn it off. Don't wake up in the night and look at it again. Don't have it so it wakes you up unless you're on an emergency call for something important. Just null it overnight and put it so you can't see it and sleep. Your bedroom should be for sleeping in, primarily. I know other things happen in bedrooms too, but primarily it's for sleeping. Um, look at the temperature in your bedroom. If you've got radiators, try and turn them off. Try sleeping colder. Try and do what it takes to make your bedroom a better place. Now, obviously, if you go to bed and you're not tired, that is going to be a problem. Because if you're not tired, you're going to spend hours sort of shifting yourself around and letting thoughts go through your head. It's Bob Dylan that says, ain't it just like the night to play tricks when you're trying to be so quiet? And he's right. Your brain has got to go to sleep before your body can. And how do you do that? Well, one, you do some exercise. You know, a few hours before you go to bed, do some exercise, go out for a walk, do something energetic. Do something that's going to tire you out a bit and then go to bed and sleep. If you've not done that for some years, if your routine has sort of got into a way where you don't do those things, then maybe it's time to change your routine. Maybe it's time to change your routine so you sleep better. And when you find yourself sleeping better, maybe some of your energy will come back. I don't know. Maybe it won't, but maybe it will. Now, the other thing about sleeping properly is what do you do about napping in the day? Now, some people, especially those people that come from hotter places than Sweden, like to sleep in the middle of the day. And that's understandable. It's a cultural thing because the heat of the day, Noel Coward said, mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the midday sun. Sensible people, if you live in a hot country, um, have a siesta. After lunch, they sleep for an hour or two. And then they wake up and they can carry on later in the day. They renew their energy. That may work for you. It may be you can't get a nap in the middle of the day. It may be that having a nap in the middle of the day tends to stop you sleeping properly at night. It does for me. If I'm, uh, I do occasionally, I try not to, but if I do nap in the day, um, I suffer that night because I don't seem to be able to get to sleep properly if I've had some of that sleep already. It's a bit like these things, you can't eat a meal properly if you've had a big snack sometime earlier. So you've got to think about that. You've got to think about naps and how they work for you. Why I'm saying these things, why they work for you, is because I'm not a person that believes there's one size fits all when it comes to organising your life and how you work. But I do believe experimentation is good. I do believe by experimenting you're probably going to find more out about how you are and what works for you than if you just accept things they are and carry on with it. Now, okay, so you're sleeping properly. Are you eating properly? We know that in order to rest properly, in order to feel high energy levels and in order to sleep properly at night, you've got to eat properly. And that requires you getting all the right minerals and vitamins and the right amount of protein and the right amount of fat and carbohydrate, for that matter, into your body every day. If you are suffering from excessive tiredness, take a look at your diet. Now, what a lot of people do is they snack. And snacking is no problem if that's part of the way you prefer to eat. 
But do look at how those snacks work. If, you, if those snacks are high in sugar, what they're going to do, it's like going up and down on a hillside, isn't it? If you have too much sugar, your blood sugar is going to fly up, like on a roller coaster, and then it's going to come down again. And when it comes down, it will dip below what is normal, and that will make you feel hungry. And, okay, the sugar might give you a boost in terms of energy, but exactly the same thing happens. When you finished um, having that boost, you come down in energy terms too. So you will get an energy boost from eating some sugar. It won't last for long, but the dip you get later may last a lot longer. So try and review what you're snacking on. And the perfect thing to snack on is something that's, uh, you know, a bit proteinaceous and with some minerals in. You might have to try pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds, we know, are incredibly high in protein. They've got lots of minerals. They are the perfect snack, if you can. You can eat a few, you can eat a lot, it doesn't matter. But they are better for energy, sustained energy, than eating something sugary or something starchy. So give those a thought. The other thing people do if they're feeling lacking in energy is they drink coffee. Hands up who's been drinking coffee today. Yeah, I know. I do too. I love coffee. I love tea too. Coffee is a bit like sugar in that what it does, it gives you a rush of caffeine which boosts you and has you going, yes, I've got my energy back. But it's a false promise. That energy doesn't last for long. Before you know it, your energy levels are dipping after that coffee and you find yourself very sluggish afterwards. Now, how sluggish you feel depends on how quickly that caffeine's got into your bloodstream. And the real trick with coffee, if you like coffee and you like the lift that coffee gives you, is to drink a cup of coffee only after a meal because that way you reduce the rate at which the caffeine is reduced into your bloodstream and it helps a bit. Um, drinking a cup of coffee straight away on an empty stomach, you're going to get a quick wang of energy and then you're going to fall off again. Now, sometimes you need that quick wang of energy. I'm not sure if wang is a word or even an appropriate word there, but you know what I mean. Sometimes you need that. If you're driving, you've got to drive a bit further and you're feeling sleepy, yes, that's what caffeine's for, do it. If you've got to stay awake to the end of the meeting, yes, coffee will help you keep your eyes open. You won't have to wear those glasses with eyes painted on them. Caffeine has its purpose, but if you're drinking caffeine every day to increase your energy levels, I'm afraid it's not going to work. It is going to be a disappointment to you because of those dips, ups and downs in your level. You might try tea because tea contains caffeine but it's a much lower level of caffeine and because the lift you get is more gentle the decline is more gentle too and your body's more able to sway around that increased level of activity. You might also try ginseng. Ginseng works for some people, it doesn't for others. I'm talking about Korean ginseng here. Siberian ginseng has the effect of making people sleep better at night, so that might be the one for you. But it doesn't give you that energy boost that ginseng does. And ginseng doesn't appear to have much of a letdown afterwards like caffeine does. I should warn you about Siberian ginseng, um, that if you have 
high blood pressure, Siberian ginseng will make it worse. If you take Korean ginseng, it's not much of a problem. Now, I know people in different parts of the world have different names. There's some people call it American ginseng. But it's really, they're two different plants. One is the Siberian ginseng and the other one is the Korean ginseng. Check out your name for ginseng that you're buying on Wikipedia or somewhere and you'll find out which of those two it is. Now, there's some things here that might help you. Vitamins might help. Um, most people take their vitamins when they wake up in the morning. They take multivitamins. Uh, try taking them after lunch. Try taking your vitamins after lunch, which you may just get a bigger boost that way. And next time you buy some multivitamins, buy them without iron in. And if you need iron, take iron at a different time of day because the iron isn't particularly well absorbed with other things like zinc and magnesium slapping around in some of these multivitamin, multimineral um, preparations you buy. The iron is best taken on its own, empty stomach with a bit of vitamin C or a juice or something like that. The other multivitamin you can take with food. But try experimenting with whether taking that vitamin after lunch makes you feel a lot better. Don't take it too late in the day because it will interfere with your sleep because of the B vitamins in it. Um, supplements also, magnesium and zinc are very important for keeping your energy levels up. But again, don't take them anywhere near iron. Take them, you can take them with the multivitamins or in the multivitamins, but don't take them with the iron. It won't work that way. Um, now, finally, I'm going to tell you something that you might not think makes any sense whatsoever. Um, I'm going to tell you how good exercise is for giving you energy. And I can hear you saying that's nonsense. Exercise doesn't make you feel energetic. Exercise makes you feel tired. Well, the truth is it doesn't. Exercise, as long as it's done moderately and it's done part of the normal regime of exercise that you might do whether that's with stretch bands or whether it's with weights or whether you go out jogging or whether it's an exercise bicycle or a real bicycle or a quick run with a dog or swimming or whatever you do is energizing some of you will have direct experience of that so again work out the time of day when you want to be energized and do it for me i wake up early in the morning i'm, I'm usually awake at four sometimes Late, really later than five. It's once or twice a year I will sleep in later than five. Um, I get up and I'm like a tornado. I'm whizzing around doing things all over the place. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm planning this, I'm planning that. I carry on. I have two breakfasts. I have a very quick breakfast of um, bread or a banana or something when I wake up. And then later on I have what in Sweden is called grot, which is basically oatmeal with a few other things added to it. And then I have lunch, and then I get going again after lunch. I'm working away in the afternoon, and then I get slower and slower and slower. And by three o'clock, I need to slow down. If I don't slow down, I get incredibly tired. And I get so tired that maybe it takes me till four or five o'clock before. I can get going again. I've just got to pause here to let a, a cat in. Now, if you feel at the moment that you're very unfit and uh, exercise can't form a part of your life, I think it can. I think you've got to be careful how you start. I think you've got to be respectful of your body. And if something is hurting, you don't do it. 
But I think you can probably get going on some exercise. There's a new year coming up soon. That might be the perfect time. Try working on it. See if it works for you. The important thing with exercise, though, is to do it at the time of day when you want to feel energised afterwards. Okay? And see if that helps a little bit. Um, there are other things that people do, and I'll, I'll mention one of these here because it's it's quite interesting. I used to, uh, I was a teacher for much of my the time when I was working for a salary. It's a long time ago now. And I used to have a colleague who, before the last lesson of the day, any of you that have ever taught or been a teacher, or maybe you are a teacher, will know that the last lesson of the day is always the hardest one. And it's harder if you just had a free period before it. It's somehow terribly difficult. And the worst day of the week for this is Thursday. Thursday, last period of a Thursday, is always the worst lesson of the week. If, in fact, it's statistically proven in Britain that that's when most poor behaviour takes place in students. Because they're tired too. Give them a break. They've been at it all day. They're tired. And they're more likely to be disruptive, they're more likely to be inattentive, they're more likely to be sleepy when you get them into that last lesson. And what my colleague used to do, he, uh, I was a science teacher, a chemist, chemistry teacher, he was a biologist, he used to have a sink full of cold water and he used to slap his face in it. And as he used to slap his face in it, he really did, he used to hear it going down. And he used to hold his face under water and then he'd take it out, dry himself off, put his glasses back on. It's always a good idea to take your glasses off before you do something like this. And he claims that used to give him an incredible energy boost. So think about that too. Could your tiredness at a certain time of day be relieved by going and splashing a bit of cold water on your face? Could it be relieved by maybe timing when you have a cold shower in the middle of the day? If you're really tired and you've got so much work to do, have a cold shower. Do something like that, something to break the routine of work, which is going to have a physiological effect on your body, which is going to give you a bit more energy. OK, um, we're going to have another podcast on energy next week. I'm going to look at energy in your home a little bit, which is a, a really important topic. And remember, very young people don't worry about energy. If, if I have young listeners out there, they're probably saying, what's he talking about energy all the time? The older you get the more of a problem your energy becomes unless you find ways around it and you find ways of doing things that is going to help. Okay? So bear that in mind and see what you can do. Now, I, I'm excited this week. I'm very excited because uh, the weekend coming up is when I take possession of my dog. I have not been a dog owner in the past. I've been a cat owner. But I explained in an earlier podcast, I need a doctor help me hear things because my hearing is fading. Um, and a dog is coming next week. She's a four-month-old Siberian Husky. Why a Husky? Well, I live in Sweden and the ground outside can be covered with snow and ice for six months of the year. So I think it's fair to have a, job, a dog that is going to be happy with that. And a Siberian Husky can cope with that cold and snow and have a good time at the same time. So, by this time next week, by my next podcast, she'll be with me and uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about her and how she's getting on. That 
automatically is going to brighten up my winter and give me a lot more exercise in the cold weather outside, which is probably going to do me the world of good. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, um, I don't get on social media much because I've always got other things to do. So could I ask a favour of you, do you think? If you listen to this podcast and you regularly go on social media and you think that you know other people that might be interested in listening, do please put a link to it so that I can get to reach some people out there that are not reaching at the moment. And also, if you find these podcasts infuriating because you don't agree with anything I say, tell people about that too. Because it's good to listen to things you disagree with. I listen to lots of podcasts I don't agree with. I almost make a habit of it. So please, can you do that for me and just publicise a little bit? Now, it is the winter holidays coming up here in the Northern Hemisphere and it is the summer holidays coming up in the South. I've got one more podcast to fit in before the, the sort of holiday extended weekend. So that will be sometime next week uh, and I will let you know about that. In the meantime, uh, thank you for listening and I hope you can come and join me again next time. I should just say before I go, that galloping noise you heard is two cats chasing each other up and down the kitchen. The cats have been indoors this week because of the snow. They can go out in the snow, but they choose not to. It's a bit cold, it's a bit deep. So they've been spending their time running up and down the room and having mock fights with one another all week. And it's just they're stir crazy. They really need to get outside. What's that Charlie Chaplin film? The Gold Rush, where he's caught in a cabin and it's snowing outside and he can't get out. That's what my cats are going through this week. So please have sympathy for them. Okay, thank you for joining me. I will be here again next time. I look forward to talking with you then. Bye for now.